morning, everybody, and welcome to Story Sunday. Today's story is about a pair of tefillin. Actually, it's about eight pairs of tefillin. There was a gentleman who lived in South Africa, and him and his family made Aliyah. They moved to Israel. And when he came to Israel, he decided, you know what? It's been many years, if ever, since he had his tefillin checked. He brought his tefillin to a sofer, a scribe in Israel, to have them checked in order for somebody to write tefillin, to put together tefillin, it takes a lot of training, a lot of studying, a lot of skill. And it's generally recommended to have the tefillin opened up every once in a while for a scribe to take out the scrolls inside the tefillin or the scrolls with the shamaritan on it. And it has written very precisely on parchment. And it's good to have it checked every once in a while to make sure that there's no mistakes, that nothing got ruined. So this gentleman is in Israel, there's scribes all over the place, and he says, you know what, let me get my tefillin checked. He brings it to a scribe, and the scribe opens up the tefillin, takes out the parchment, inspects it, and gives him some really bad news. These tefillin that you've been putting on for the past who knows how many years are not kosher. Whoever wrote these tefillin, they apparently made a mistake on the letter yud. And every letter yud inside your tefillin is not kosher yud, and therefore that makes the whole tefillin not kosher. So essentially, you put on your arms and on your head every single morning for the past who knows how many years a pair of black boxes, but because they weren't kosher, they didn't have that they weren't tefillin, and you didn't get that mix of tefillin. The man said, Oh no, I have seven sons. All of them bar mitzvah, and all of them, their tefillin were written by the same scribe as my tefillin. He quickly ran home, he got his son's tefillin, he brought back the seven, seven new pairs of tefillin from his sons, he brought them into the scribe, the scribe opened them all up, took out the parchment, checked them all, and saw that all seven pairs of this man's son's tefillins were all not kosher. Can you imagine the, not just double whammy, the whammy upon a whammy upon a whammy seven times, not only is his this man's own tefillin not kosher. All of his sons have been putting on non-kosher tefillin their whole, since they were bar mitzvah. And the scribe needed some way to frame it for the gentleman to give him this horrible news. And she said to him, you know, let me, let me look into a bit more. Come back to me tomorrow. I'll let you know, you know, tomorrow I'll give you the final status on these tefillin. So the gentleman leaves. And the scribe calls up Rabbi Shmuel Eliezer Stern, a rabbi in the Israeli town of Bnei Brak, and also the rabbi which this organization would turn to whenever they had any halachic question about the status of any item they were checking. And he calls up Rabbi Stern and he says, you know, sometimes in halacha and Jewish law, we have what's called l'chatchila and b'dyeved. L'chatchila means you should do it in a certain way, but if it's not done that way, it's done a different way, it still is okay post facto. But you can't start it doing that second way. It's really got to be done the first way. The first way is called the Chathila. The second best way is called Bidyevid. He says to Rabbi Stern, could I at least tell this gentleman, yes, he has to buy new tefillin, these aren't kosher tefillin, but can I at least tell him that these tefillin were kosher Bidyevid, that we don't write tefillin like that, but if somebody already wore it like that, we're not going to tell them they never got the mitzvah? 
Rabbi Stern said to him, this problem with the, the letter Yud's, that all these tefillin have, is such a big problem that even post facto, it's not a, it's not kosher tefillin. Post facto, they never got the mitzvah. So the scribe says, Rabbi Stern, what am I supposed to tell this poor father? His tefillin are a puzzle, they're not kosher. All seven pairs of tefillin of his kids aren't kosher. How do I break that news to him? And Rabbi Stern responded that this isn't the first time such a problem arose. A few hundred years ago, there was an 80-year-old gentleman who brought his tefillin to a scribe to be checked. And the scribe opened up the tefillin, took out the parchment, looked at the parchment, and realized that the tefillin were not kosher. That means that this man, his entire life, he's 80 years old, he never once put on kosher tefillin in his life. And the scribe went to Rabbi Menachem Mendel Morgenstern, better known as the Kutzker Rebbe, one of the great Hasidic Rebbes of the early 1800s. And he says to the Kutzker Rebbe, he says, what do I tell this fellow? He's 80 years old. He's been putting on this pair of tefillin for the past 67 years since his bar mitzvah. How do I tell him that he wasn't putting on tefillin? And the Kutzker Rebbe said, what can we do? We have to tell him. And so eventually one of the Hasidim over there worked up the courage and goes over to this gentleman and tells him, I have such sad news to tell you. You know the tefillin that you brought to the scribe? They're not kosher. And the man stands up and starts dancing away. Excited, happy, dancing away from excitement and happiness. And everyone's shocked. Say to him, you know, what are you so excited about? You just found out they've been trying to do a mitzvah every single day of your life for the past 67 years and you haven't done it once yet. And the man responds to them. He said, I'm 80 years old. I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. You know, especially in the 1800s. In the early 1800s, 80 was already, you know, a really old person. He said, I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. And if I wouldn't have found out today that my tefillin weren't kosher, I could have ended up going to my grave never once having put on tefillin in my life. Thank you so much for finding out for me that my tefillin aren't kosher, that I can now put on kosher tefillin and make sure I get in that mitzvah before I pass away. And so the scribe, when he called in the father of the seven boys and told him, you know, I'm so sorry, I have such sad news, the tefillin that, you, as we already know, your tefillin isn't kosher. As you already know, all of your son's tefillins are not kosher either. And he shared with him the story. And that story was able to change the perspective of the father. And he was able to leave there, not just sad, but elated that, Baruch Hashem, we found this out. Thank God we're able to now do the mitzvah. We haven't done this mitzvah yet in our lives. We now have the opportunity to, to, to do that mitzvah. Have you ever worked on a project, given a speech, a presentation, built something, and then been told it wasn't really the greatest? That speech wasn't so good? That item that you built wasn't so good? The dinner that you cooked didn't taste so good? Criticism isn't fun. It hurts. We might be offended by it, insulted by it. But I think that that 80-year-old man 200 years ago would tell us that criticism is the best thing in the world. Does it feel good? Not necessarily. But you know what it does? It gives us a chance to do better tomorrow. It gives us, it gives us a chance to improve our product, improve whether it's something as simple as cooking, 
or baking, whether it's building something, whether it's a speech, whether it's a presentation, whatever we're trying to accomplish, when we're told, when we're informed that we could have done something better, it wasn't the greatest, great, I now have an opportunity to do it better. Think of that opportunity. So is it, e- is it the easiest thing? It's not the easiest thing. Is it fun? It's not fun. But it's definitely 100% necessary for our growth and something that we really should be dancing over dancing that we got the information, dancing we got that tip, that insight, that ability to now do better next time.